Stepping out of the cycle of interpretation is deeply difficult work because it's how we're wired. As we bring more consciousness to our subconscious programming, as we do more of the deeper healing and growth work to clear our stored traumas, to rewire and repattern our limiting beliefs, the easier it becomes to step out of interpretation altogether. Friends, welcome to episode four of the Make It Inevitable podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Zamora, and today we will be talking about the two unexpected conversations for transforming your reality. I will be speaking to the topic of transformation quite a bit on this show, and that is because there is a very big difference between change and transformation. Change is anchored in the house of doing. When we alter what we are doing in the world, we are able to create incremental change or improvement around things that we have already experienced or we already believe are possible. But as you should know by now, this show is all about making the impossible inevitable. And in order to do that, we have to come from a place of creating true lasting transformation. Transformation is about altering how something occurs in the world or our relationship to it. Transformation is rooted in our way of being. When we show up from a new and different way of being, we are able to create true transformation. We are able to make the impossible inevitable. Yes, we are taking actions. Yes, we are doing things and we are probably doing a lot of different things. But those things that we are doing are rooted in our way of being. And that way of being means stepping outside of our subconscious winning strategies, stepping away from old ways of showing up and moving through the world and learning to engage with life differently. In episode two, I walked you through the Make the Impossible Inevitable methodology, and the conversations that we are going to be covering today are part of phase five, Bridging the Gap. These conversations will help you bridge a gap between where you are and where you want to be so that you can start moving towards it with more ease, and it can start moving towards you. Episode three is also a very important episode. If you missed it, we covered your winning strategy, your subconscious strategy for staying safe, secure, and successful, and gaining love and belonging. If you don't know what your winning strategy is, it is really challenging to step into a new way of being. The winning strategy is what helps us create change. It helps us create incremental improvement and advancement around things that we already believe are possible. But what we are talking about throughout this show is about you bringing to life the things that you really, truly, deeply desire that feel out of reach for you. So if you don't understand what your winning strategy is, you won't see it at play. And when you start to do this work and it gets challenging, you will activate it and that will keep you within the realm of what you already believe is possible and will keep you doing more of the same things which don't create true transformation. In order to understand the importance of these conversations, it is vital to understand how the human mind works. We are magical meaning-making machines. We interpret and assign meaning to literally everything that happens, everything that we experience. The problem with that is that these meanings and interpretations that we assign are anchored in the past. They are also anchored in our subconscious programming based on things we have experienced, based on our worldview, our limiting beliefs, our fears, our past traumas. So if you are not conscious of those things, if you are not conscious of your winning strategy and your interpretations and how your trauma colors everything that you experience, it's really hard to step outside of that meaning-making mindset, mentality, way of operating as a human that you've been doing for your entire life. And I don't want to really demonize 
assigning meaning. There are times on our journeys where choosing to consciously make meaning out of something is really important. But for the most part, as humans, the conversations that we are engaged in externally and internally are unproductive because we are so busy interpreting everything from this old, outdated paradigm and lens, this limited worldview, this limiting belief system, our fears and what we believe is possible and impossible, that we're holding ourselves back around the thing that we really want. And we're actually continuing to perpetually push it further and further away. So we have to bring conscious awareness to the conversations that we're engaged in. And if you listen to episode two, when I talk about the methodology, I talk about how the most important action that we take when it comes to making the impossible inevitable is conversation. Yes, we are out in the world doing things and we are doing things differently and we are being someone completely different, the person who has the thing that we want. But what creates a different outcome what shifts the odds in our favor, what builds the bridge and allows us to move towards what we want and what we want to move towards us is conversation. We are always engaged in a conversation. We're just not conscious to it. And for the most part, because of the way that we're wired as humans, because of the subconscious pieces that we're not aware of, we are engaging in very unproductive conversations that keep us hooked into our winning strategy, keep us operating from old ways of being and perpetually push what we really want further and further away. In this episode, we are going to cover two key conversations for transforming your reality. And it's a different way of thinking. It's a different way of engaging with life as it happens. And the intention of these conversations is to keep you in motion around what it is that you want, to keep you moving forward. Far too often what happens when we interpret experiences and we assign meaning anchored in these old pieces is we stall ourselves out because we're going to activate our winning strategy and we're going to go back to the old way of doing things where we know we can produce some level of safety, security, success, love, and belonging rather than actually staying in motion around what it is that we want. I want to address the fact that when we're not in the right headspace or we don't fully understand what these conversations are meant to be about, they can feel a little invalidating at first. So I really want to preface this by saying that these conversations are not meant to be invalidating. They're not meant to be used to gaslight yourself for other people. Gaslighting is when we deny our own experience and reality, when we start to question if what we are experiencing and feeling is valid and real. That is not the intention of these conversations. If you start to feel that way when you're having them with yourself, that can be a sign that A, you might be gaslighting yourself around something that you're experiencing that needs to be felt and addressed, or B, you have a lot of trauma from different experiences and relationships where you were gaslit where you were caused to question your own experience of reality. And if that is the case, it's really difficult for you to engage in these conversations because you start to question your reality and you start to feel a little bit crazy and you start to beat yourself up. That means you have deeper healing work to do. And if you listen to episode two, we talked a lot about subconscious stompers and how we need to see them as the gift that they are. If you start to try and engage in these conversations and a lot of stuff comes up that makes it challenging and makes it feel impossible for you or makes you feel crazy, it's a crazy making experience to try try and do this work, there's a trauma that's being revealed to you. There is something inside of you that needs help and needs healing and that you need support with. This is not to gaslight you. If you get stuck, if it's really challenging, you just need deeper healing and support. You're not broken. You're not incapable of doing this work. You just need support. And it is a gift if a trauma reveals itself 
as you move through this. Let's talk about these two conversations and let's start with external conversations. External conversations are all about requests and promises. Requests are exactly what they sound like. They are an invitation and ask around something specific. It can be asking for a sale. It can be being invited to somewhere with someone. It could be a marriage proposal. It could be sharing something with someone for feedback. So there's a lot of different ways that these requests show up. Requests are an ask of someone else in some capacity. And you start to see them the more that you start to label these aspects of conversation and understand that it's beyond the obvious. So if I am flirting with you, I may not be asking you something, but I am making a bid for connection. I am asking if what I am offering of myself, my personality, my charm, who I am, is something that you want to engage in. That's a request from me to you, the same as if I make a direct ask of, will you come with me? Will you buy this thing? Will you say yes to this invitation or opportunity? So requests are constantly happening. And when it comes to the external conversations that we are having around making the impossible inevitable, requests are about moving ourselves forward. We're asking for something that we want or need to stay in motion around our impossible desire. We're being active in our intention to bring something to life, and we are seeking out the people and things and experiences, the tools, the resources that we need in order to do it. When it comes to making the impossible happen, conversation is key. The question is, what kinds of requests are you making, and do they help you bridge the gap from where you are to where you want to be? And are you making enough of them to the right people. For a request to work in terms of being supportive in you bringing your impossible vision to life, the person on the other end of the question has to have the authority to respond to that request, meaning they are the decision maker. They are the person who can say yes or no. It doesn't help you if you have a big impossible dream that's business related to make business related requests of strangers on the street who aren't your target demographic and who aren't actively helping you with something that you want to create. You have to be in conversation with the investors, the potential clients, your team, the industry or market. That's the person, the people, the space where you need to be making your requests so that they are productive and they move you forward. Someone who has the authority to respond around the specific requests that you are making. The other piece of these external conversations are promises. How many promises are you making that move you towards what you want? And are they big enough and bold enough? Are they actually aligned with the impossible things that you want? Or are they within the realm and scope of what you believe is possible from where you are now and from what you have experienced so far? Are they safe promises, things that you know you can fulfill, things you know you can bring to fruition? Or are they moving you forward rapidly? And the thing with promises, we'll get into context in the next episode. The thing with promises is they have to be anchored in a bigger context for ourselves. They have to be anchored in the belief that we can bring to life what it is that we truly desire and they have to come from a place of being the person who has it. And the best way that we can collapse time and bridge the gap is by making big, bold promises that push us so far out of our comfort zone, that stretch us in our capacity, that require us to then go out and make more requests in order to fulfill that big, bold promise within the time frame that we've set. So promises are very clear and specific. They are intentional. This will happen within a certain time period in a certain way. This is my commitment. So are the commitments, the promises that you're making, big enough? Do they align you with your big, impossible desire that you really want to bring to life? 
Or are they small and safe within the realm of what you already know you're capable of achieving and doing? Are they coming from your winning strategy? Are you making promises that you know will keep you within the level of safety, security, success, love, and belonging that you already have? Or are you stepping out of your winning strategy and into the way of being, the energy and frequency and consciousness of the person who has what you want, and making big, bold commitments from there? Requests and promises move us actively towards what it is that we want, and we need to be making them both as consistently as possible. So how many requests are you making and are you making those requests to the right people? How many promises are you committing to and are those big enough and bold enough that they actually move you actionably, tangibly towards what it is that you say you want? And when it comes to requests and promises, because we are also receiving requests and promises, when we make a request, someone responds with their own request or promise. So if I make a request of you, you might reply by asking me for something before you can make a decision on that before you can say yes or no. You might say no, but you might make me a promise. No, but I can do this. And vice versa, if you're making a request of me, I might say no, but here's a promise. Or I might have a request for you. So you'll start to see that all conversations break down to a request and a promise, even when there's not an actual ask being made. And in order to stay in motion around our impossible goals, we have to notice when and where we hook into other people's drama. Because in doing so, we get hooked into story and interpretation. We go into our own story and interpretation, our own winning strategy for safety, security, and success. We might get triggered if they're projecting their stuff all over us. None of this moves us towards what we want. So you have to listen for requests and promises and learn to engage with just that. Let's look at an example of what this means. Let's say that you make a decision and it triggers someone in your life. This could be a client. This could be a family member, a friend, a partner. You've made a decision. You've communicated it in the form of a promise, meaning I'm being very clear that this is what's changing at this time. And they get triggered and they respond from that triggered place. They lash out. They make threats, throw tantrums. They name call. The works. Everything comes out. It's a very emotional, reactive, dramatic response to you making a promise, you making a change, and them feeling triggered. What usually happens, because we are also humans with a subconscious and core wounds and triggers and traumas, and we love to assign meaning and interpretation, is we hook into the other person's interpretation, their core wounding, their lashing out, their projections, whatever it is, we hook in and we start dancing with them. We get triggered and we react from there. We start responding to the name calling or the threats or their interpretation of what it is that happened. And all of a sudden, we're not having a productive conversation anymore. We are certainly not moving anything forward around the big impossible desire that we want. We've hooked in. And when we've hooked in, especially if our core wound is activated or traumas are triggered, our winning strategy comes online. And we start to operate from that space, which does not create true transformation, does not create new and different outcomes, but only allows for continuous continual improvement or change around things we have already experienced or believe are possible. So we're hooked into this dance and we're no longer getting anywhere. In fact, we are moving further away from what it is that we want, even if we're winning the fight. When you start to really anchor into requests and promises cleanly without assigning meaning and interpretation, you start to see and move past the drama, the human drama that we all have, the triggers, the lashing out, the projections, the unkind things. And you can look for what is the request or promise. Someone's threatening me, that's a promise. I can respond to that accordingly. I can make a request or I can respond with a promise. If they're threatening to sue me, for example, this is a business example, that's a promise. I can respond with a request, please send me your lawyer's information, or a promise. 
Here's my lawyer's information and a copy of your agreement. I don't engage with the drama and the stories. I don't defend. I don't lash out in response. I listen for the request or promise. Sometimes with requests, it can be difficult to see them. Sometimes the request is, I want to be heard. I want to be believed. I want to be seen. I want to be validated. So sometimes within the emotional drama, there is a request. And you get to decide if you're going to respond to that from a clean place, not hooking into their story and interpretation. If their request is validation, you get to decide if you want to validate their experience in that moment or if you want to set a boundary, which is a form of a promise. And what this does is it helps us unhook from interpretation and meaning in ourselves and in other people. It lets us stay engaged in the conversation that we are trying to have with the intention of moving us forward around a big, impossible vision. That is the goal of these conversations, is to stay in motion. Because the more that you stay in motion and you have cleaner, productive, possibility paradigm focused conversations, the more rapidly you create transformation in your life and your experience and you make your impossible goals inevitable. So we want to unhook from the drama in the external conversations and just practice this. Notice every conversation that you're engaged in and everything is a conversation. If I'm marketing to you, I'm having a conversation with you. I'm making a request or a promise. What is that? If you're at the grocery store, the way that you're engaging with the products There's a conversation there, just the same as there is when you engage with the cashier as you check out. Start to look and notice the different ways that requests are showing up in the conversations that you are starting and the conversations others are having with you. Look for all the ways promises show up and get in the practice of engaging from a request or a promise. So if someone is coming at you with a lot of information and emotion, whether it's positive or negative, expansive or contractive, what's the request? Listen for the request or promise and respond with a request or promise while keeping in mind what it is that you really desire and noticing where that's really difficult for you, where your subconscious stuff comes up, your traumas and your wounds get triggered, especially when people are unhappy with us, when they're triggered by the decisions that we're making and the conversations that we're having, the boundaries we're setting, the requests we're making, the way we're suddenly moving differently through the world. This triggers the people around us. So when they come at you with all their stuff, all their emotion, is there a request or a promise? If not, They just want to share their feelings and opinions, and you can choose if or how you engage with that. So just start to notice requests and promises and use them productively. Make clear requests that move you towards what you want and big, bold promises that are giant steps towards what it is that you want. The second conversation that we want to talk about today is our internal conversations, which are the most important of the conversations that we can have because we're constantly having an internal conversation. And even when we are having an external conversation, there is an internal piece that comes into play. These internal conversations are where we break the cycle of interpretation, are where we can choose to stop assigning meaning that's anchored in the past or that's unproductive or activates our winning strategy. These can be the most difficult because we all have our internal experience. And when our core wounds are activated, when our winning strategy is at play, it can be really difficult to shift the internal conversation that you're having with yourself. But this conversation, and it's made up of three questions, will completely transform your experience of the world. It will allow you to step into a new way of being. It will allow you to start moving differently, creating different outcomes, staying in motion around what you really want and not getting hooked into your winning strategy. This is such a crucial conversation that I've written a whole book about it. So my book, What Really Happened, you can find that on my website or on Amazon. We'll also link to it in the show notes. What Really Happened is all about breaking the cycle of interpretation and it goes into a bit more depth on these questions. It's a quick 
potent read. I recommend it to everyone, all my clients. It is that powerful. So this internal conversation starts when something, anything happens. Things don't go the way we want. Someone tells us no, we fall short of a goal. Something happens. And when something happens, we interpret it in a specific way. When things don't go how we want, we feel shame and frustration. We start to beat ourselves up. We start to reinforce the core wound stories that I knew like nothing good ever happens for me because I'm so broken and unlovable. When someone tells us no, we feel rejection. We feel stupid. We spiral into our stories about how we're such an idiot. We're not good enough. Why did I think I was good enough? I'm so embarrassed. I can't believe I asked that. No one's ever going to love me. When we fall short of a goal, we beat ourselves up. I can't believe you even went for that. You're too stupid to achieve that. You're not smart enough. You're not strong enough. You're not capable enough. Why would you ever try for anything like that? You should just go back to the easy things because that's all you're capable of creating. And when our interpretations of what's happening trigger our core wound stories, what do we do? We activate our winning strategy. We go back to the known and familiar ways of producing safety, security, success, love, and belonging. We do what we need to do. We listen for what we need to do so that we can feel what we need to feel to soothe our core wounding every time. Every time that you interpret what is happening, you activate your winning strategy and you immediately make the thing that you really desire impossible again because now you are operating from the house of doing incremental change and improvement around what's already been experienced or already is believed to be possible. And you are now operating from your winning strategy, which inherently reinforces that only this is possible and this is not. You immediately stop moving towards your goal the second that you interpret what is happening. And we all do this. Stepping out of the cycle of interpretation is deeply difficult work because it's how we're wired. As we bring more consciousness to our subconscious programming, as we do more of the deeper healing and growth work to clear our stored traumas, to rewire and repattern our limiting beliefs, the ways that we think, and process our worldview, our perception, the easier it becomes to step out of interpretation altogether. And again, this isn't about invalidating our feelings. Feelings are so important. They're so powerful. They're so healthy. And they are completely human. When something doesn't go the way that we want, when someone says no, when we fall short of a goal, we feel our feelings. Stepping out of the cycle of interpretation is about not telling a story about what happened, how we feel about it, and why. It's not saying that things are or aren't as they should be, or are right or wrong. Things just are, and we feel about them how we feel. We let ourselves feel, but we don't tell a story about it. So if I make a big, important request, if I ask something of someone and they say no, I feel disappointed. I feel sad. I might even feel some rejection, but I'm only feeling the raw emotion, the energy of that emotion, where it is in my body, and I process it in a healthy and productive way. I don't stuff it down. I don't bypass it. Stepping out of interpretation is not about bypassing. We feel our feelings and we feel them fully and productively. That means I might cry. I might take a moment to just sit and feel my disappointment. I'm really bummed. I really wanted that. I really wanted this person to say yes but I don't tell a story about it. I don't say that they're a jerk. They don't see my value. They're awful. They're avoidant. They're stupid. They don't get it. I don't tell a story about myself. I'm incapable. I'm unlovable. Just a big dummy. So stupid of me to even do that. And I don't tell stories about the world. God doesn't believe in me. The universe is out to get me. There's nowhere for me here. Everything's stupid. I don't tell stories. I just feel the raw emotion. So notice the stories that you tell when something happens and how those make you feel. And can you start to separate out your raw emotion and just feel the emotion in a healthy and productive way, meaning you feel it 
fully. You move it out of your body so it doesn't get stored and it's not something you have to heal and process later. You feel the raw emotion. Notice your stories. So you start to bring awareness to them and you have more that you can work with. Your stories are your stoppers. We talked about in episode two, the importance of eliminating your stoppers is to do the deeper healing work. So don't bypass your emotions as they come up when things happen. Feel them so that they're not stuck in your body later. But notice the stories and don't engage in them. With these internal conversations, all that happened is what happened, not the interpretation of it. So something happened. Something didn't go the way that I wanted. Someone said no. I fell short of a goal. That is literally all that happened. My interpretation of it did not happen. That happened in my mind. It didn't happen in the real world. That's my interpretation of it. And again, we don't use this to gaslight ourselves. We don't use this to invalidate our feelings or experience. If someone said no to me, I feel rejected and I feel sad. That happened. It is happening. The feelings are real and valid. I'm disappointed. I'm bummed. It hurt. But my story about myself, about them, it doesn't actually serve me in moving towards what I want. So all that happened is what happened. Something didn't go the way that we wanted. Someone said no. We fell short of a goal. That is literally all that happened. We are simplifying things down to what happened. And in doing this, we can stay in motion because we're not hooked into our interpretation. We're not triggering our core wounding and we're not reactivating our winning strategy. We're feeling our feelings and we're seeing things for what they are. And this gives you so much leverage to stay in motion and create what you really want when you can step out of interpretation. And it takes a lot of practice because you are really good at interpreting everything that happens. You are really good at telling your stories, particularly your core wound stories. And you do this because your subconscious wants you to go back to your winning strategy so that you can go back to the known and familiar. So you can stay with what's safe, what feels secure, the level of success that you have been able to create. There's no risk there. There's no risk in incremental change and improvement. So your subconscious is a part of this interpretation. It wants you to interpret. So you have to get in the habit of noticing that you're doing it, to seeing the stories that you tell, how they activate your core wounds, trigger your winning strategy into motion. And look, there you are back where you were before, not creating what it is that you really want. All that happened is what happened. In order to have these internal conversations differently than you probably have been, we have three questions that should guide every internal conversation. The first question is what really happened? Not what you interpreted as happening, but what literally actually happened. The relationship ended. You got let go from your job. You didn't make the money that you wanted to make. Someone said no. You got divorced. You came in last place. You got passed over for the promotion. Those are the only things that happened. So what really happened is the first question. And we ask this with the intention of not going into interpretation and story. So there's no because. There's no I lost my job because my boss is a jerk and I'm an idiot. There's no I got divorced because my wife is a narcissist and I'm unlovable at my core. They didn't say no because you're unlovable. Life is out to get you. Things never go in your favor. People have been rejecting you since you were eight years old. The times your dad never came to your baseball games. None of that is what happened. All that happened is what happened. We feel our feelings. We set our stories aside. We don't engage in them. What really happened? Can you see what happened as what happened and nothing more? This is that first step of leverage. And when you can master this while honoring your emotional experience, you have tremendous leverage to create completely different outcomes and engage in totally different conversations. First question, what really happened? The second question that we ask is what is missing? And that is not what is not as it should be or what's wrong. What is missing requires us to go back to phase one in this methodology and tap into our desire. What is it that we want and what is missing right now to have that? So if I made a request of someone to be my business partner, 
we did the whole interview process. They're brilliant. They'd be perfect. I'm so excited. I offer them the position. They say no. What's missing? What's missing is not something that isn't as it should be. They should have said yes. That's what's missing. They shouldn't have wasted my time. Or something's wrong with me in this business. Maybe it's a really stupid idea. I need a better idea. Let's say my original desire is to bring a very specific company to life and I need a very specific type of business partner, somebody who has skills that I don't, someone who's great at sales or development, whatever it may be. That's what's missing. All that happened is that I offered this position to somebody that I thought would be a great fit, that I thought would say yes, and they said no. That's all that happened. So what is missing is the business partner that I need. Not what's wrong, what's not as it should be. What's missing? In order to answer that, you have to go back to your desire. In order to access your impossible desire, you have to not be hooked into the stories and interpretations and core wounding or winning strategy. All that happened is what happened. What is missing? This brings us right into the final question, which is what's next? Who do I need to make a request of? Who do I need to make a promise to? If what's missing is this partner that I need, What's next is engaging in conversations, making requests of other candidates to come in and interview with me so that I can hire the next person. It could be finding a different application site to list the position on or making requests of the people around me to introduce me to brilliant people they know that could be a good fit. It can be making a promise to myself that I will have this person hired in the next 30 days, which moves me into action and moves me into more conversations in order to make that happen. What really happened, what's missing, and what's next? Every internal conversation that you have should come from this framework. Three simple questions. That's it. And when these are the conversations that you're having with yourself, every time anything happens, every time you're having an external conversation, what's the internal conversation that's going with it? Is it this framework? And when you start to have these conversations, you actively and rapidly move yourself forward towards what you want and create pathways for it to move towards you as well. It's all about unhooking from interpretation so that you're not activating your winning strategy and going back to the known and familiar and creating incremental change and improvement. Now you are operating from, you are having conversations from, you are taking action from the house of transformation. You are being someone different in the world by having different conversations engaging in conversations differently, not going into interpretation at all. It's not about changing our interpretations. It's about not having them. Something happens. We feel our feelings. We ask ourselves three questions. What really happened? What's missing? What's next? And we stay in motion by having more conversations from there. Something essential to note about these conversations is that a no moves us forward as much as a yes. If I extend an offer to someone to be my business partner and they say no, that moves me forward as much as if they said yes. Why? Because if they're telling me no, they're telling me that they're not a good fit, they're not on board, this doesn't work for them. They will not be accepting the position. Great. Feel my feelings and now I can get into motion on finding the right partner. When people tell us no, they're being very clear. When we're not hooked into our interpretations, we can see this as the gift that it is, just like our stoppers coming up for us to heal and work on and process and clear so we can stay in motion. Someone telling us no, people saying no, it's insight and information. All that happened is they said no. What's missing depends on the request. What's next? I go out and I make more requests to find what it is that's missing that I need to move this forward. Notice where you go into story and interpretation when people tell you no. And see if you can step outside of that. See if you can start to see every no as a step forward and celebrate it. You can be disappointed. You can be sad. You can be bummed. But it's still moving you forward as much as a yes.
Those are the two unexpected conversations for transforming our reality and doing so rapidly, operating from a place of creating true transformation. Again, I would highly recommend my book, What Really Happened. It's short. It's a quick, easy read, but it's something that you can revisit consistently, particularly around these internal conversations, which shift the foundation of who we are being in the world and what we are capable of producing and allow us to have those different external conversations. Check the show notes for a link to that book. And in our next episode, we will be talking about how we create a particular kind of context for bringing our impossible visions to life. Thank you so much for joining me today and being a part of our incredible community of purpose-driven individuals. If you are ready to put these teachings into practice in your own life, head on over to www.stephaniezamora.com podcast, where you'll get access to our collection of actionable and easy to implement workbooks. That includes our renowned methodology for making the impossible inevitable that's helped hundreds of individuals worldwide get into motion on their most important goals. Plus, our comprehensive guide to stopping self-sabotage and navigating the terror barrier with more grace and ease. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community, so please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.